morning we have a copy and a Pelayetz. Start with the copy. And then Mr. Shem will go to the Psukim. This is a very famous Gemara with what I think is a very fascinating connection to Chizkio Amelach. It reads like a Medrash Plia. You read the Gemara all of a sudden at the end of a Gemara. Uh, it's Gemara Brach, it's Chav Chesan Beis. Chav Chesan Beis, the uh, first part is famous, the very last line is a big surprise. Matter of fact, we just had Shabbosim ago a description of the Petira of Rabbi Yudanasi. There aren't too many in Shas, where we have such an in-depth look at what the conversation was right before Gadol Yisrael is nifter conversation with the Talmidim. Rabbi Danasi's case, he's giving direction on what's going on a thousand miles away, various forms of Nevoah and what we learned from that. The drama on the Taz, I apologize to the uh, Schusters and others who uh, aren't, uh, didn't hear the recording, uh, which um, we haven't found the heta for yet. This Gemara, is the Batira of Rabbi Yechemad Zakkai, who, as you know, was the leader of Klai Yisrael at a very difficult time, time of Chorban Bayes Rishon, Bayesheni, rather, Chorban Bayes Rishon, and later on, Chizkiyo will avert the catastrophe, and Sitkiyo Amalek will be there. But they both dealt with the same thing, that is, things were unraveling, how to make a decision of what to save, what not to save, and how to save it. And that Mitzvah uh, Shem we will get to. Let me see the bracket. First one line is Eilam Abba. Brachas Chavchesa Mabez. Kishachalu Rabbi Yechem Edzaka Nechas Tamidu Levakro. Kivin Shiraz Sam Hischil Livkes. He saw the Tamidim, he began to cry. Amala Tamidav. Ne Yisrael Amal Yamini Patish Achazak. You're the one holding everything up. Now they understood that he was crying because he was about to die and not for the physical issue of passing from this world. For Sadiqim, as the, also Gemar Brocha says, it's like lifting a hair out of milk. The more than a shama has to do with the body, meaning the more into your gashmias you are, the more difficult it is to separate the neshama from the body. The less shaykhis you have to elamazeh, the easier it is to leave, especially if your whole purpose, the whole matara, is to get to elam haba, and everything is a preparation, and it's looked at as one big prosdor to the elam emes. So the physical, the pending physical separation and the patira process is just as the Bali Musa say, a marshal of taking off your suit and hanging it up. The lavush of the body separating from the neshama. What do you do with your suit at the end of the day? It's not that difficult. You understand the suit is for your day. You've got to get up, get dressed, go to davening, go to work, go to learn. And at the end of the day, you're tired, you hang up your suit. It's not an emotional experience per se, uh, hang up your suit, and it was nice while we needed it. So the etzem petira is not necessarily the issue over here. Certainly, somebody as great as Rabbi Yechon and Zakkai, the neshama is going from one role 
to another role, the role of earning the schar and then receiving the schar. That doesn't mean that Rahman Laslan, you visit somebody in the hospital and the Shasha passing you tell them that uh, it's not really anything much like hanging up your suit. You have to know who you're talking to here and you have to know what, uh, obviously for most people, it's an emotional experience. Rahman Laslan, Lailainu, somewhat painful, but the Gemara does describe the martial of uh, lifting hair from milk to show the relative ease and the hopefully uh, very strong preparation a tzaddik will have done for the moment that this is what he was waiting for. We don't look forward to it in terms of hastening it because whatever you can accomplish down here can only be done down here and therefore every moment is crucial. So with that background, the Tamedim asked him, why are you crying with this in mind? You're not crying because of the physical uh, issue that is at hand. Obviously there's something going on. Perhaps you're worried about what's coming in terms of the din. And to that, they couldn't understand. Nei Yisrael, you're lighting up Klai Yisrael, Amun Yamini, Chazak. If there's anybody who's going to tell them Habba, it's you. Why are you crying? What are you, what are you afraid of? Who is not here forever. Today he's here, tomorrow he's not. If he gets angry, it's not going to last forever. And if he locks me up, it's not forever. And if he kills me, still not eternal. He can destroy the body, he can't destroy the neshama. And on top of all of that, and he's bribable. In the times of yesteryear, that was a way of life. Wouldn't try it in this country. I'm not saying the system is perfect, but it's certainly better than what it was. And even though it's only a Melabas of Adam, and he's not superhuman, he's not here forever, and his punishment is not forever, and I can bribe him, I'd still be very nervous and crying. I'm being led in front of the basin in Shomailo, and Kosh Baruch Hu is the Dayan. He has the ability to lock me up forever. The good news is that Mishpat Rishayim in Gehenim is a maximum of 12 months for most Rishayim. If he's a Russia to the extent that he never even gets into Gehenim because he doesn't deserve to be cleaned up, which is even Peshi Yisrael, don't fit into that category, then that's a problem. But if you're Zeche to get in, maximum is 12 months, and... It should uh, 12 seconds sounds like it's long. And on top of that, whatever punishment comes is for the neshama, not the goof, and I can't bribe him. Videotape plays and everything is MS Lamitai. Well, what you're referring to is the fact that there's all sorts of uh, various chazals that seem to say that there's a discussion and you can bring up different things and 
Remember, in this Nabi Shir, not, uh, actually it wasn't even Muncie, it's still on Slappers, not 17 years ago, we were discussing when uh, Shaul brought up Shmuel from the dead, and Shmuel was brought up, the seance was led by somebody very experienced, Avner's mother. She was retired by now, because otherwise she wouldn't be alive, but very experienced. Never in her life, all her clients, she ever called up one neshama and got two. And when she called up Shmuel and Avi, she got two, and they were standing up straight, so she realized it was the king of the room. She screamed. She thought it was a setup. If Shaul had, like any good king, had spent a long time executing all the uh, witches. So, okay, this is Avner's mother, and Avner gave her on the QT. It's because I had to retire now, because I'm actually in charge of getting rid of all the witches. And you've been a very nice mother. So when he came to take her out of retirement, she was surprised, and uh, apparently didn't let on right away that the king wanted to know... So rule number one, if you ever have a seance, which you shouldn't because it's an isidereza, uh, is everybody comes upside down as an elam hafuch. So the body, the apparition, looks, up, looks upside down as you're looking in the room, and the king is present. If the king is present, then I'll cover the mouth have to come standing up. The first surprise she had was that the apparition was standing straight up. And the second one was she only summoned one neshama from the Elam and two came. I knew, Chazal tell us, why did she get two? She asked for one. This is the only thing that's more frightening than this Gemara. That Shmuel Anavi was being drawn from the Elam He was in Elam Haba, enjoying Elam Haba, and uh, the most frightening experience you can have is all of a sudden the neshama is being pulled out. The only thing that he can assume was this must be the Yem Adin and Shmuel Anavi was scared, even though he did quite well in the first din to get him to Elam Haba in the first place. And he was so scared, he called upon an attorney. Maybe that's why you asked the Shaila. And if you're Shmuel Anavi, who do you get for an attorney? Well, there's not, not much room to maneuver upwards. So he asked Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm very nervous. I said, yeah, Madin can you come with me and be made? Be made. That I was Makayim, everything that you wrote in Teres Moshe. And Moshe Rabbeinu said yes. He came with Moshe Rabbeinu. And then uh, Shmuel Navi was very uh, upset that he, when he found out that it wasn't Yemen and a Gadol and he was frightened to come to this. And Shaul said, Rebbe, I need help. Uh, the Plishtim, I have to go to war tomorrow. I don't know what to do. And the Urumatum is not answering me. And I don't get any Navua. And I, what am I going to do? It's the last thing I, I had. And Chari, you can run a seance, even though it's an Israel, which is why he called him. And then Shmuel Navi told him there's good news and bad news. Uh, the good news is you're going to be here with me tomorrow. The bad news is you're going to be here with me tomorrow. That's, uh, that's the only way to say it. Um, and he went into battle. That's Shaul's godless with Yenison in a very brave way, knowing he was going to die with his children. And uh, he went to the Elamemis. He went to Elam Haba. So the answer, Yossi, is do you have a defense? Can you get an attorney? Well... Only one, only one Gemara that says that, but uh, the answer is yes. But the attorney, unlike, not you, unlike other attorneys that might actually make up facts, and you've heard of such a thing, they go to court and they start lying and twisting things and making their client look like a tzaddik Yisraelim, which he's not, that you can't do. So Moshe Rabbeinu is going to come and say the Amos. He'll say, well, if he says the Amos, why do you need Moshe Rabbeinu? Okay, so the same thing with all the other Gemaras where we talk about schusim the Elam Amos and defense and uh, prosecution and whatever that means, the unusual uh, aspect of that court case is nobody can lie. 
So if nobody can lie, what do you need them for? Okay, however that works. So the answer to your question is you can't really say anything that's not going to be amislamita, and you can't twist things around. That's the, that's the difference between the law system we have set up here and... It's uh, frightening. Rabbi Yechamadzaka was frightened, and Shmuel Anavi was frightened. This is uh, probably, in terms of Mutzer, one of the strongest Gemaras. If you cut this out and put it on your wall, you'll probably never do an Avera again, as long as you're looking at it, because Rabbi Yechamadzaka is nervous. So, what are we to say? There is a specific thing Rabbi Yechamadzaka was nervous about, which we're going to get to right now. Vloid el Shiesh Lafanai. First one lies Lafanai. Shiesh Lafanai, Shnei Drochim. Achas shall ganeden va'achas shall gehenem. He paints this in very real colors. He says, I'm not stop nervous. I see two choices. Well, there are always only two choices, but he felt that the second choice is a real possibility. That's the Pella here. I'm going to leave soon. My neshama is going to go up and I'm going to have a din. And there are two choices and two results, two verdicts. Achas shall ganeden. One leads to ganeden. Va'achas shall gehenem. Ve'eni yedeya be'eza malichanasi. I don't know which direction I'm going. V'lo efket. I shouldn't cry. So, that was the end of his answer to that question. Why are you crying? The there are many pshatim here. The simple pshat, I believe, and this is. Printed various places. The uh, simple shot is that he was worried primarily about one thing, but this one thing affected his whole ruchnius possibly and affected Klaus in a very big way. And that is when he was smuggled out of Yushalayim and he met Vespasian and he was given the choice Rabbi, that's amazing. You just said, I'm going to be emperor. I like you already. And uh, what do you want? The Gemara Gittin, which we lay in every year, we say every year, but the uh, description of the Chorban, usually learned on Tishabov, and they asked him, what do you want? So he wanted three things. He said, I want safe passage for the royal family. I want a doctor for a tzaddik who's been fasting for 40 years, but that was request number two and three. Request number one, which Vespasian was thinking, the rabbi is going to ask for Yushalayim to end the siege. Not destroy Yushalayim, not destroy the base of Mikdush. I'm sure he was thinking about that, and we'll never know what the answer would have been. But it's irrelevant, and I'll explain why in a moment. And made the fateful decision to ask for Yavna V'chachamah instead of asking for Yushalayim. Had he asked for Yushalayim, Vespasian probably would have said no. It's one answer in the Gemara. If he would have asked for too much, he would have gotten nothing. Or had he said yes, it wouldn't have helped because Rabbi Yechamadzaki understood that the Besamitish was an empty shell at that point. Clay Israel not doing the right thing, and they weren't doing tshuva. And it doesn't help to have the Besamitish stand for another month or year. They'll come back and destroy it if we're not going in the right direction. What is important and crucial for the destiny of Clay Israel is Yavne V'chachamea. If we're going to survive and do tshuva and regroup, we need the Sanhedrin, we need learning. And we need to hand over the Messiah, and right now that's in Yavne. So we asked for Yavne. Lest we think that was an easy decision. Rabbi Yechem Azakai was not only afraid then, but he carried with him his entire life the terror of the Suffolk, perhaps that wasn't the right decision. And as he's dying, he says, I have two Durachim in front of me, and if I 
if I was wrong, and I didn't think that through enough, I'm in big trouble. Now, the good news is, we know clearly that was the right decision, and we're sitting here learning about this because of Tehle Yavnul Chachamel. And the godless Rabbi Yechamed Zakai, it's a lesson for us. If he was so afraid, why did he make the decision? You see how scared he was. He was scared then, and he was scared for years and years and years afterwards. Until his dying day, Ad Ad Bechlal. So why did he make the decision? What's the answer? The answer is there are a lot of frightening things in life. Somebody's got to make a decision, and there comes a point in time you've got to make a decision. There are people who are not blaming anybody. Everybody has this matzah. There are people who can't get married because it's a very frightening decision. People who don't take a job. People who It's hard to jump in in life. And there's a feeling, which is usually incorrect, that if I just don't make a decision, it's safer than making a decision and making the wrong decision. And that's not true most of the time. Abiyacham Zaka was a leader and it was up to him and he had to make a decision. Doesn't mean it's not frightening and not daunting. And he said, I'm not, a, he didn't spell this out, but I'm not a Balgaiva to assume that everything I do is right, but you have to try your best. And in Anivas, he said, maybe I'm going to face Gehenna for that. And the truth be told, if it's the right decision, he's not going to Gehenna. If it's the wrong decision, the Chari shouldn't go to Gehenna either because he tried his best. But Abiyacham Zaka, every side, did you ever notice uh, Yamin Maram, especially Yom Kippur Manila? The people crying the most, the people you look at should be crying the least. But it doesn't work that way, and it shouldn't work that way. And that's why Abiyacham Zaka, we're all saying, what are you worried about? You're the God of, the Tamidim is saying, you're the God of Yisrael, and they probably also know, yes, whatever the decision is, we're learning, and Klai Yisrael is continuing, and we're going to be here for a few thousand years because you said, and you saved the world. And that's all true, but um, the only person in the room that wasn't so convinced was the Yechem Azakai, which is the irony of it. Yes? I was going to say, you have answered already, but I was going to say, Lobo Shemayim, Yes, right yes, so that's easy, right. correct. Correct. And again, in the Gemara Gittin, there are a few views on this. One Shita was, he knew he couldn't, he felt he couldn't ask Yerushalayim, but then he'd get nothing of it. Yerushalayim would get so angry, what is, Rabbi, what do you think I'm doing here? You think I'm laying siege and wasting all this time and money and men? I'm not leaving here. The other answer is, Rabbi Kiva says, Rabbi Kiva didn't say this in criticism of Yechem Ezekiah's decision. He showed us uh, an incredible insight into the Darke Hashem. He said the famous Pasuk, Meshif Rachamim Ocher Vedaitam Yisoko, which is Hashem, when it comes time to a Horban, will even turn back the decision of Chachamim, who should have known better, and force them to make the wrong decision. That means Abiyachem Ezak is a Chacham, and the obvious request would have been, give us one more chance, can you leave now, and sorry, and we won't rebel anymore, and hope they do tshuva, and keep the Beis standing. Meishem Chachamim Ocher Vedaitam Yisakho. So Akiva wasn't criticizing his own decision, he was saying Hashem put in the mind of Abiyachem Ezak, he should not ask for Yishalayim, because it was time for the Chorban, which is the same thing, in essence. Just Abiyachem Ezak, felt that it was actually the right decision and it was time for the Chorban. So there's not a big enough communion between the two. Abiyachan ben Zaka made the decision. Rabbi Kiva was saying an insight. Don't worry about it. I'm not talking to Abiyachan ben Zaka. I'm talking to us. Don't criticize the G'daylam at the end of the day. If they make a decision, if it's the right decision, it's the right decision. If it's the wrong decision, then Hashem caused them to make the wrong decision. That's not papal and fallacy. Papal and fallacy is that the Pope is always right even when he's usually wrong. Or always wrong. That's different. That means that we assume he's superhuman. Even That's not true, and unfortunately with him, it's usually in the other direction. Here, it's that the Siat as you mentioned, is given over to the Gadol to make the decision, and if we think he's right, we don't think he's right, 
The whole Masechta Hurrius is not following authority when it's not, when it's clearly not correct. But you need a clear right over here. Everybody understood there were two sides of the coin. So then you have to follow. History has judged that this is the right decision. And Rabbi Kiva said, it doesn't make a difference. If it was wrong, then Makarj Baruch Hu wanted it that way. And that means it was right because it was part of the Korban. That's the aside over here. But with all this said, this is our looking back in 2020 hindsight. Biyach HaMetzakai was certainly very nervous about it. And we understand where that's coming from. Yes? That was the other answer, is that you're talking to the emperor. What? From whose perspective? From their perspective? Uh, the emperor wasn't the emperor-to-be, the general here, was not a nice guy. He didn't become general of the Roman army for being a nice guy. Uh, normally you had to be in the who's who of Roshan. And he's here laying siege for a long, long time. And by the way, this battle for the Romans really uh, took the cake. They had casualties like never before. It took longer. Uh, Jews were very stubborn in a positive way. And Kashbrach and Rachamim, and it got delayed and delayed. Hashem was waiting for us to do tshuva, and it didn't work. But they fought quite a battle against forces far superior in numbers, ammunition, willpower, food. They were under siege. Willpower, actually, you know, for the time being that we fought back, was, was more on our side, which they couldn't believe, but Ultimately, they ran out of steam because they ran out of Siat Deshmaya. The Romans fought very hard. It was a long, bloody battle. And we know this from uh, Josephus' rendition, which again, Josephus got to take with a grain of salt and some of it was dramatized, but we know a lot of it from the Gemara also. And it was, it was bad. The Romans were not happy. And they weren't finished by the Horton, by the way. They had to go to Masada afterwards. This was a long and bloody campaign. He wasn't leaving with nothing in hand. That was pretty painfully obvious. So to ask him, uh, I'm sorry, uh, your highness or uh, your almighty general, can you please leave and just let's call it a day? Well, that's not happening. That's like asking uh, Hitler or Stalin to stop what they're doing. That's tafasta move a tafasta over here. That's not, not happening. And you look at the um, coins and you look at the Arch of Titus, look at the celebration they had in this victory, will give you an indication how difficult it was for the Romans. They didn't mint coins like that for their other victories. And they had many, many victories. I was telling you about last week, we went over last night there. Incredible coins, I was looking at them after the sheer mistake last night. Incredible amount of coins from Bakugfa's rebellion, which was really a continuation of that battle. Seventy years later, the Romans couldn't believe they're back. Like anybody else would be broken. And after the Corbin itself, they minted many coins with pictures of Jews sitting down with a Roman soldier over him with a palm tree in the back. You've seen pictures of the coins. They didn't do that by any other victory because they understood deep down that the Jews, the chosen people, and we, we beat them. Little did they know that they gave away the whole victory when they gave down from the Chachamel. But that was Rabbi Yechem victory. And they didn't know it. It was stolen from them. But they felt exhilarated because... It was a hard battle, and uh, they weren't leaving. That's the Pashtas. So this is an easy application of Tafas to move below Tafas. Pretty, pretty obvious. Yet, Rabbi Yechamazaka was still nervous. I gave up Yushalayim. I gave up, gave up the Beis HaMikdush. Isn't there a 
There's an aspect of Musser here, but I, it's hard to imagine that was the whole thing. He didn't say it in, you know... He said it to the Tamidim because why would he share such a personal, deep emotion? So he gave it over to the Tamidim because he wanted them to understand we always like to pat ourselves on the back and assume we made decisions, we go easy on ourselves, give ourselves a pass, and yeah, decision I made, let's move on. You have to look back. That's what Elul and I say to is about, or Kriyashma Lamita every night. You've got to look back in the day and examine your decisions. So he, he shared it. He could have just said, he was crying and he was dying. He didn't have to answer the question. The very personal moment, he shared it because he wanted the Tamidim to understand that Yerushalayim dictates that you don't assume everything you're doing is so cabaldic and that not everything is correct, that you got to check and double-check without driving yourself crazy, of course. So that, that's why he shared it, but you have, to, you have to assume that he meant it. The next part of the Moser, after they heard that, Amal Rabbeinu, Baruchenu, please give us a bracha before you leave. Amal Ha'am, Yiratsen Shutei, Meru Shemayim Aleichen Kamer Basavadam, also a classic. A bracha to you is, Halavai should have Yiras Basavadam, and take that level of years, Basavadam. That's not to say Halavai to have years, Basavadam. People have it naturally. Take that level and attach it to your Yerushamayim, and then you won't do Averis. They were very taken aback by that. My Yerushamayim, the brachid, my Yerushamayim should grow to the level. My years, Basavadam, that's it. I would hope I should have more Yerushamayim than years, Basavadam. And they said, Amala Tamidiv, Khan. That's the only brought they were, you got to know how to ask also. That wasn't considered a chutzpah. You would think, the Rebbe's dying. He gives a bracha, okay, you take your bracha and you, uh, you leave. Or you remain quiet. They wanted a bracha, Amala Atkan, Amala Halavai. This is Halavai, you should get to that madrega. Why? Teidu, Kishadam, Eivra, Aveira, Aimeh, Shaloh, Yerani, Adam. Person doesn't have Aveira, they look behind their shoulders. I hope nobody's watching. So if you can raise that midah and say, yes, you hope nobody's watching and you should know Hashem is always watching. If you can get to that madriga, that's already good. Yes. Zaman Kriya Shema, speaking of Yerushamayim. It's a good time to be on the Kabbalah Omar Choshamayim in the middle of this Gemara. It's going to be like no other Kriya Shema. So if you didn't say it yet, it's going to say it again even for that. But that would be uh, <coughs> possibly Baltasif. Bashas Piti Rasai. Now, as the Neshama's leaving, Amalahem, and again, if you're with the Shabbos afternoon, description of the Petir Rabbi Danasi, the same exact thing, I'll just repeat what we said over there. As the Neshama's sort of like leaving the body half out, it can already perceive things that it doesn't perceive in the body, because the body acts as a great jamming device. The Neshama, standing alone out of the body, can pick up all the signals from all over the world, because it's a Neshama. When it goes into the body, Hashem fixes it that it can't pick up anything except for what it gathers in from the five senses. So we take in information through our eyes, through our ears, and we process the information. Ba'ilam Azad is something called a Navi, the godless of Navi. He's like an actually, the Neshama can pick up things. Derechalayim, that most people can't get, but that takes a lifetime of work. And when the Neshama is leaving, if a person is great enough, and the Neshama, as it's sort of like half out, can start picking up things, and that's why the Neshama is so frightened and confused, because all of a sudden it gets bombarded with millions of pieces of information from all over the universe, and it doesn't know how to process it yet, has to get used to it, and that's why it focuses on the body. And a lot of the dinim of Shmir Samais and Kavar Samais is that 
besides the tzelem alakim of the body, and the fact that the body is something that's kaddish, used for mitzvahs, that's why tchiyas amesim is such an ikr, the body's going to get the schar, plus the lover. The neshama is also focusing the body. Whatever is happening to the body, the neshama is very focused, and it slowly recedes during the vaya, the shiva, the shleishim, it slowly recedes as it gets used to its new surroundings, new ability to deal with signals that are ruchniistic in nature. With that, explanation that deep Kabbalah is needed for this Gemara, that as the Neshama is leaving, the Neshama starts perceiving things. Again, the person's on the Madrega. We had it with Rabbi Danasi As he was dying, he started saying Nevuas about what's going on in Bavu. And we had the Rabbah who started giving Piske Alachas and Tumba Vatayra as the Neshama was leaving. We discussed the Chassam Sefer that says that maybe the Rabbah didn't pass like Rabbah even though Vesim Shomayla asked him for a Psaq because he said it as the Neshama was half out. Maybe it's Leba Shomayim here already. Which is chiddush? Uh, that means a place it passes a shaila when the neshama is leaving, and maybe you can't follow it because it's love So over here, as he's dying, first he says something very practical. Al pi alacha, shas pitirasa amalem panu kelim b'neatuma baltashkes. First, get the kelim out of the room. I'm about to die. You don't need a vua for this. Get the kelim out because they're going to become tummy. They still practice tuma v'tayra. Not chorben abayis. Next one is already getting into other world, otherworldly Ruach HaKedosh Nevoah type things. Hechinu kisei lechizkiyo melech Yehuda Shabbat. And prepare a chair, makavadik a spot, because chizkiyo, the Sham of chizkiyo is coming into the room. Okay. No. No, his body's not coming in, the Sham is coming in. No, do you ever go to a bris? You have something called kisei sheliyo. No, hechinu kisei. No, two different things. First, he said, get the extraneous kalim out of the room. He didn't say take the bed out of the room. He's lying on it. He says, take the extraneous kalim out of the room. Why be matami more kalim? It's not the only thing Gemara that says that. And number two, prepare a kisei like you would kisei leo by a bris. So prepare a kisei because chiskiyo is coming into the room. And he's coming in to escort me to the Elam Amis. So you read this Gemara without being part of this Navi Shir, you'd say, okay, Chizkiyo, interesting. Chizkiyo is coming to escort him. Very Bekavadik. Of course, if you read this Gemara without the context of our Navi Shir, you have no clue why Chizkiyo HaMelech out of everybody from Moshe Rabbeinu onwards. And why is he coming to escort him? Does everybody have an escort? The answer is not necessarily, and there's a reason why it's Chizkiyo. The question is why. Chizkiyo is from the greatest of the Malchus based David, but you have David, you have Asa, and you have Yehoshaphat, and you have Chizkiyo, and you have, before Malchus based David, you have Moshe Rabbeinu. If he's nervous about the din, so we already have precedent, as I mentioned, Shmuel and Avi asked Moshe Rabbeinu to bring him. So he could ask for Moshe Rabbeinu, he didn't. Why Chizkiyo HaMelech? Out of all the malachim. The answer, I believe, is that if you're looking for a tzaddik to defend you, again, he's not being escorted over here, Tafka to be escorted even though he certainly deserves it, Chizkiyahu HaMelech, he understands, is coming to escort him because of his fear of the din that he's about to go through. And if we're right in the first shot, one main question that he's going to ask, be asked to defend and that is, why did you say, Tainli Yavno Chachamah, instead of Tainli Yushalayim Bebeis Amikdish? 
So the tzaddik in all the dairis that was faced with a similar decision, ironically enough, that's what we're up to right now. He's faced with a decision, but he has the exact opposite answer. And he was right. And Rabbi Yechem Zakiah was right. Chizkiyo, as we described in the last few weeks, is now at the lowest point thus far in the history of Klai Yisrael, where Sanchei Ramel Hasher had conquered most of the Yashar Sashvatim already, had sent many of them into Golis. He's now turning his army toward Yushalayim, and he's coming to attack to finish them off. He had no army to speak of. The people were in a very low madrega. He's working very hard to win this battle, and he knows the battle is in Ruchnia, so he's causing them to learn, and he's forcing them to go to Seder, and it's working, and he's bringing Karbanas, and he puts the Aveda in order, as we described in Divrei Yamim. He's destroying the Bamas, he's doing all the right things to prepare them for this battle. He's going to try to get a few men to sit on horses, some Heshtadlis. He's going to pay tribute to Sancheir to have him try to go away for a while. It's not going to work, but he's going to send some money. He's doing a minimal Heshtadlis and a lot of Heshtadlis in the Ruchni's Dikka front. And he has enemies from without, and as we started looking at last week, Rav Shoke is from within. And he's not the only one. He has many enemies who are convinced probably at least half of his people in Yerushalayim are convinced that this is an exercise in futility, this is ridiculous, we don't stand a chance, and give up. would rather be alive than be right and dead. Now, it's ironic, because the time of Chorban Bayesheni, the Biryanim and the Zealots and the, uh, all the Freya claimed they were fighting for a national Jewish pride and they were wrong. They weren't that from. And Rabbi Yechamadzakai said, give up! And they're both right. There's no one decision that's one size fits all. It depends on what's going on. Yechem and Zakkai saw that Klai Yisrael didn't do tshuva, and therefore you can't ask Hashem to do Nisim Bluyim to save you if you don't deserve it. And as we know, Hosea, in the Northern Kingdom, a few prakam ago, did just that, and he lost because there was still love there about Azar, and it wasn't working. You can't ask Hashem to do Nisim like that. Hashem will wait and wait and wait. And Bashani, as we described, they'll fight and the Romans will be shocked where they're getting the Kayak from. Hashem will exercise Mizarachim and wait, 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 but you gotta do true, but it didn't work. So Abiyacham and Zakai, they are against public opinion that said you gotta fight to the last man rather than surrender to the horrible Romans. He said, That's ridiculous. We're supposed to be alive, rather be alive in a vassal state. At least we have a yeshiva. They said, Yeshiva? Yeshiva, we gotta fight. And he was right, and they were wrong. And Chizkiyo Melech is against the tide, telling the people that we have to dig our feet in, dig our heels in, and we're not giving up, and Hashem will help us. Yeshua Hashem Kehervayin. And they said, help us, we have no army. He said, it's not totally in the army, it's totally in our tshuva. And fighting against his people and the outside army that's coming, and he was right. No, so what's the Tushtel? So how's Chizkiyo Amalekh going to defend him? The answer is, he just needs a great leader who is a great tzaddik who made a fateful decision that could have been wrong and knows about the pressure and knows what he went through to in case Rabbi Yechem is wrong, he's here to defend him. He says, I tried my best. Which is the active of your question. He says, I was under pressure. Half of Klai Yisrael against me. I didn't know what to do. The good news is, Chizkiyo Melech had Yeshayel, Anavi, to tell him to dig in his heels. But 
Yeshayel was there for everybody, and half the people didn't believe him. So Chizkiel's godless. They think it was easy. If I had Yeshayel, I'd also listen to him. Well, half the people didn't. We'd like, to, we'd like to say that. Half the people didn't. Half the people said, with all due respect, Rabbi, Rabbi Navi, you were always right. This time, can't be. And the bloggers certainly would have had comments on that. And Lamaisa Chizkiel held his ground and made a decision. Was it the right decision? You know what? We didn't get to this yet. But Chizkiyo, save the day now. There's going to be a Chorban bias Rishon anyway. So maybe you could tiny, you know what? Maybe it would have been easier had you given up now. We have a lot of ups and downs coming. So Abiyacham knew all this and said, the one person who's going to defend me in the Elam Amis, at least to explain to the Beit Shamaila how much pressure I was under, that if I didn't make the right decision, maybe there'll be some leniency. And that's why I believe Chizkiyo Melech came to save at least defend, at least come with Rabbi Yechon and Zakai. That's the shot. Yes? They were still upset. He was still Yes, way after. The Arayas, even in Bavel, the at least the, uh, the Chachamim did. Yes. Yes. That's the, but you see, this is one of the Arayas they're doing from this Gemara, but it goes even further. Yes? Right. Whereas Rabbi Yochum and Zaki seemed to be taking, uh, based on what he was assessing, they didn't have. Yes, yes, the, yes. What's amazing here, that's correct. What's amazing here is the answer was the exact opposite. But the defense over here was you have to assess what's going on. And as you just said, Chizkiyo made a decision that he thinks he could pull the people out, and therefore was Zaycha Tanisim. I wished it were so, knew it wasn't deep down, and therefore he told his Talmudim, just get me out of here alive, even though it looks like I'm dead. They had to have a Leviathan put him in a coffin and smuggle him out, because if I don't save Yavne, there's nothing here to save. So that might have been what he was agonizing about was, did he, did he really... Because right, did he give it the full chance? Yes. That's correct. Did, did he assess the people that perhaps, had he waited another day or two, a week or two, a month or two, they would have done true, yes. That's, that's definitely part of it. It's an agonizing decision, and he didn't leave the... He was humble enough not to leave the decision on the table. He functioned quite well the rest of his life. It's not like he didn't sit and think about this all day, but it was in the back of his mind, and now he's going to the Elamemis. So Chizkiah is the only leader in his mind. Now, there is one other one we're not going to get to for another half a year or a year, and that's Sitkiyo, who was a great tzaddik. Interestingly enough, the Navi told him that he should be surrendering and he couldn't fight his own men, or he thought he couldn't, and he didn't. So he's not going to bring Sitkiel. Sitkiel was under the same pressure, but he didn't make the right decision, even though he goes down history as a Sadiq. Chizkiel did. That's why I believe he picked Chizkiel. It's You can learn this Gemara without knowing the backdrop, and like the last line makes no sense. But I believe that's the Mahalach. Okay, we'll take the question afterwards because we're out of time.